Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. And welcome to the Arcade Attack podcast. My yeah. name's Keith, and I'm joined by Adrian. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Rob. Hey, hey. And Dylan. Yodel, yodel, yodel. I don't know, Adrian was yodeling, so I just kind of did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, before we carry on, there's really only one way to start this podcast. Ooh. So I want, I want everyone to give me their best nemesis impression. Oh, go on, then. So, so I'll go first. Stars. Eight. Stars. <laughs> Rob. See, this is the kind of game <laughs> for like uh, people who I think I guess didn't listen to the Streets of Rage podcast. Uh, the other three all live really next to each other, and I'm kind of a bit far out. So whenever we we generally record a few of these in a row, and this is the kind of episode where I'm already on the train back. So I don't know what or who Nemesis is. So this is going to be an interesting episode. We're just going to have to educate Rob on Resident Evil 3, which is going to be... It's going to make him want to play it straight after. Um, Oh, I better do my Nemesis impression. Stars! (laughs) Stars! Stars! That was was terrifying. That was the 60 hertz version. Could you imagine if that was a zombie's voice? Stars! 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 That's better. It's supposed to be scary. Um, it wasn't even scary. So, but okay. considering how much me and Dill especially love the series, the Resident Evil series, and how much we've referenced it over the years, and how many times we've talked about it on the podcast, it's kind of strange that this is actually only the second time in nearly four years of doing the podcast we've actually sat down to discuss a specific RE game. Do you know what? Keith, I wanted to say that because we don't do many kind of sequel pods. We've done Half-Life 1, then Half-Life mm. 2. And we've done Resident Evil 2 before, haven't we? Yeah. And we've done yeah, a kind of early, over- yeah. Yeah, overview of Resident Evil. But we don't usually almost... We don't usually cover specific sequels, I, I found. Is that we fair? We don't gravitate towards them un- until they're... Well, unless they're, dis- you know, they're distinctive isn't it yeah unless there are different mm-hmm. things for us to say about them which i yeah. think kind of which i think kind of kind of fits with resident yeah i think 3. it applies it applies yeah. um so like aid mentioned so resident evil 2 was one of well it was probably in the first dozen podcasts yeah mm, it's when it? it was really early it's when it's when our sound quality was like this bad <laughs> all the time it was, it was pre pre yeah <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty bad. Was it pre-Rob? It was pre-Rob. Times. Yeah, it was. It was pre-Rob. pre-Rob. Just the three yeah. amigos. Which is um, good. I don't think Rob has played Resident Evil Two either, so that was probably good. He didn't turn up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you were the three amigos, does that make us the four tops? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Do you know, what, Rob. I've seen the four tops live, and when I went to see them, they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, only one of the original four tops is playing." And my mum got me tickets. She was like, you, you enjoy this. It's four tops. It's 60s band. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And it was like, yeah, these aren't bad. And But a lot of the singers, about well, three of the singers out of the four tops were 
in their mid twenties, late twenties, maybe thirties, and there's one really old guy sort of swaying on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it's one awful. top swaying. <laughs> I saw one top. I love it. I love how bands, even when they're not the original members, just keep plugging it away. There are actually bands out there. Well, I guess most famously the Sugar Babes, who have no original members. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Are they still going? No, I don't going. know. Oh. I think they might have reformed with some original members, but they basically like they would shift each kind of like member out until they had no originals. I think I'm right in saying that. Are you telling me that Mucha is no longer in it? I don't think she was in the last lineup. No, Mucha. What I've heard actually since Rob is uh, the the three original Sugar Babes who are not in the new Sugar <laughs> Babes have now reformed a new band. Hmm. Not sure Babe Sugar. <laughs> called Pepper. Maybe Babe. they're called Resident Evil Three Nemesis. <laughs> that is what we're here to talk about. Obviously, it's kind um, of a bit like that's yeah. how it led on. I'll read. That's how it it's led on. Of... That's clever, Adrian. That's damn clever. Nice segue. Nice segue. I was about clever. to say. It's. I actually. I'm not going to. Yeah, Keith, go and get on with Resident Thank Evil. You. Yeah, Keith, Thank you. Keith, hurry up, mate. <laughs> um. So it's kind of an appropriate time to be talking about as we sit here in lockdown, talking about a game. <laughs> set during a viral outbreak um <laughs> now this podcast it was i had all this prepared um right before we went into lockdown um and at the point at that point we were less than a week away from the release of the remake of resident evil 3 um uh, so obviously the time time spans shifted slightly now um that's out so we can talk about that at the end um because originally i was going to mention how I was excited about it and how I was looking forward to it and how it was shaping up. But now I can talk about the reality. So we'll come on to that later on. Um, but that was the thinking behind doing Nemesis Now. The remake was about to come out. It was current. So we were going to be current. Uh, and then we missed the boat coronavirus. Again. We're retro. We're retro. You know. Okay. So it's a Capcom game. It's a Resident Evil game. Um, directed by Kazuhiro Oyama. And produced by, of course, Shinji Mikami, who was the director and producer of the original Resident Evil. Um, and he produced Resident Evil 2. Um, and it was originally released in September 1999 in Japan on the PlayStation. Uh, November 1999 in the US and early 2000 in Europe. Nice. Um, it sold more than three and a half million copies worldwide. Yeah. And that compares to Resident Evil 2, 6 million, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't sound great. But when you consider that in 2000, especially, we're looking at a late PlayStation 1 game. Mm-hmm. So that's not too bad. You know, PS2 was almost out. Yep. So three and a half million copies, not too bad. Um, I mean, before we get into development and, and the, the nitty gritty, did you guys play it at the time? Not you, Rob. I know you haven't. Yeah, Rob did you play it at the time? How did you get it? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Now I know you you had it, didn't you? Eh? Did you have it on the PS One? I've got an interesting story about my Resident Evil uh, timeline. I I first played uh, Resident Evil One at my uncle's house. Uncle Victor, he had it on his PC, and I was like, "Wow, this game is amazing." It, the graphics were crazy. The 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 the, the zombie scenes were amazing. But it wasn't a game I ever owned. So I played it a little bit at Uncle's house. I went home. And I think Dylan said a few, maybe maybe it was you, Keith, but maybe a, a year or mm. two later, oh, Resident Evil 2, borrow it off me. It's brilliant. You can play as this person or this person. Jill or Bill, whatever his name is, yeah? Um, <laughs> Jill or Bill. 
Do you want yeah, Bill? And yeah. I, I liked it. I, I but I, I, I've got a feeling at the time, fast playing championship manager, maybe Zelda or Green. I, I don't know exactly what the time was, but I wasn't putting my whole heart and soul into it. But interestingly, I almost felt angry at myself for not liking the Resident Evil series as much as maybe I should should do. Yes, yeah, you should. Sense. You should be very angry with yourself. Yeah. But then, in a weird way, and I didn't was massive. I know I knew you were a massive fan at the time, Keith, and I was like, mm. well. Should I buy Resident Evil 2? And I thought, thought I saw that Resident Evil 3 was coming out in maybe in a couple of weeks. So I said, no, no, save up your money because you're working at Littlewoods, you know, £3.30 an hour, make a little bit of money and then buy it, treat yourself. So what I did is when it first came out, I bought it on the PlayStation 1. Ah. And I don't usually buy games when they're first released. I must have, I must have bought it in the first week it was released. So I bought it and I chucked in the old PlayStation, whacked it on, and I did put a lot of hours into it, I have to say. I, I almost I almost think I put almost too much hours into the first few sort of days, if that makes sense. I almost went so overblown with it that I kind of lost track and I kind of lost focus towards the end, if that kind of makes sense. I never completed it. Okay. The point is, I, I, I got far in the game, I think, mm. but I never got right to the end because I got frustrated with it. Now, it annoys me that I don't like the old survival horror series as much as maybe I should. So it, I, I'm sorry, Keith and Dylan, and even Rob, if you're angry at me. I want to <laughs> I want to like this game, and I do respect it, and I had good fun with it, but it's just not a series. It, it's kind of the first Resident Evil game where I thought, I'm going to give it a really good go. I'm going to proper give it a go. It just, just doesn't resonate with me as much as others. It's not like I hate it. Just didn't do it for you. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Rob is angry. <laughs> Rob is really angry right now. When was, the, when, when, when was the last time you played one of the early Resident Evil games, though? That's it, Resident Evil. Back then. So maybe if you went back now, gave it another go, you might, you might enjoy the, the gameplay style more. I don't know. It's not like I don't like it. I did enjoy it. I just found it difficult. I don't know. Some some aspects of it annoyed me. I mean, I replayed Resident Evil 2, the remake, the remaster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the brilliant. Remake. Yeah. But I ran out of bullets. I'm like, I can't do this puzzle without going past this, per- this part. If I get past here, there's enemies. There's no bullets. What can I do? I'll quit playing it. I'll just play Rocket League. <laughs> Okay. I'm being um, blunt. I'm being honest. Uh, honesty is the best policy. Dill. <laughs> do you do you guys remember my epic spiral at college? My epic <laughs> spiral into doing nothing. <laughs> right? This game pretty much started the downfall of me back in <laughs> back in ninety-nine. So wow. I don't, I can't remember what it was. There, there, there were a couple of sites that used to, used to be able to get cheap games from Jersey. And obviously you get them for like a 10 or less. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Play.com was one of them. That's it. And there was another one and I can't remember what it was, but they were really careful with how they sent out PS1 games. So they had like a really nice little, they put in like a proper, like thick box. And it was always like, get, oh, getting a PS1 game from them was great. It was, so I got, I ordered uh, Resident Evil 3 from them for like 20 quid, 20, 25 quid. It must have been about wow. 10, 10, 15 quid cheaper than, than, than it was out um, out for in the shops over here. So I thought, right, that's coming in. I'd wasted, well, I, you know, I'd managed to balance going relatively well. So the morning, the morning that it came, I was going to college. 
So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got Resident Evil 3 to, <laughs> to go home to. And I'm pretty sure I must have bunked half of my lessons that week <laughs> going through this game. I mean, it just, it's not, it's not a, it's not a greatly long game. So I obviously completed, no, it by, completed it by the end of the week, but I missed a lot of key things, a lot of key lessons because of that game. And actually, I remember once, um, one day that week, my, um, my mum had one of her friends round. And I literally wouldn't take my eyes off the screen to talk to them. They were in the same room. <laughs> they were in the same room. I was on, and you've seen how small my parents' old place was. Mm. I was literally on our little CRT with my PS1 playing Resident Evil 3, completely blanking them. And then, uh, and then I, my mum's friend said, like, shouldn't you be studying? And I think I just gave her a dirty look or something. I was such a, <laughs> I was such a butt. I was such a complete but. butt. But. I think because because I loved Resident Evil 2 so much, I think it was just lovely to have a game that expanded on all of that. So, you know, you're going around Raccoon City and it was, you know, the same lovely tank controls that I love. And it was like, it was just another extension of of Resident Evil 2. So that's why I loved it. And thus started the spiral. So Resident Evil 3 was responsible not only for your downward spiral at college, but also for your bad manners. My bad manners, my yes. my my spiral, and actually leading to this point right now. So, in yeah, fact, if I didn't buy it. that game and go on my mad spiral, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. It's just like sliding doors. Sliding doors <laughs> moment. Sliding doors <laughs> moment. What, yeah, what if okay. I'd actually gone to those lessons that week and maybe completed it over the weekend? But, yeah, I know. Bad we'll me. never know. Bad me. Bad me. But, yeah, those are my, <laughs> those are my, first, those are my first kind of things. My first memories of it. Cool. I, I now I'm I can't be funny enough considering how much I love it. I can't be a hundred percent sure when I got it. Um, I might, I did get it when it came out, but I don't know if it was my birthday that year or Christmas. Um, but I don't have like a really strong memory of of actually getting it at the time. What was the release date? Um, of it? It, must have, yeah, I think it says. It, I think it came out the second our, our second year of college. It says early 2000 in Europe. So, yeah, it could have been sort of halfway through that second year of college. Like late 99, like yeah. Christmassy time. So it might have been Christmas then. can't remember. Mm. I always get muddled up because one Christmas I got Dino Crisis as well, and that was a different Christmas. So Dino Crisis came out just before Resident Evil 3, didn't it? Yeah. That was like the appetizer. Oh, my God, that game. <laughs> but I didn't bunk lessons to play that game. That's, uh... Silly me, silly me. Silly you, silly you. Anyway, anyway, Resident Evil 3. So developed by Capcom, produced by Shinji Mikami. um, And at the time, uh, following the release of Resident Evil 2, Capcom was working on multiple Resident Evil projects. Um, And originally, a team being led by Hideki Kamiya, who directed Resident Evil 2, uh, were developing what was planned to be the next main installment in the series. Um, Now, it was originally uh, intended to be set on a luxury cruise liner, and it had a general plot where Hunk, um, that might not mean anything to Aiden Rob, (laughs) Hunk, who is a... Dill knows Hunk, Mm. um, an umbrella operative, was attempting to bring back a sample of the G virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So completely different from (laughs) what it turned out into. Um, Yeah, much. (laughs) much, Very different. Um, Although it kind of hints at Capcom's sort of obsession with ships in Resident Evil games, which kind of crop up over the years. Um, However, Capcom realized the game would not be complete in time for a PlayStation release due to Sony's announcement of the PS2, so they cancelled the project. Um, They didn't want fans to wait years for a new game, 
So in the end, what they did was promote one of its other projects as the third game in the series. And they moved Hideki Kamiya's team on to work on Resident Evil 4. So the project they selected was a spin-off, which was originally being developed under a different director called Katsuhiro Oyama. Um, and it was originally intended to introduce a new character who would have to escape from Raccoon City. Uh-huh. However, um, after they, they made it, uh, after they promoted it from um, a spin-off into a main Resident Evil game, they decided to tie it in so they'd have to pick one of the, the existing characters. Um, so they chose, obviously, Dill. Jill Valentine. Jill Valentine. So they decided that Jill would be the main character and Raccoon City would be destroyed. Unlike the majority of the early scripts in the series, uh, this scenario wasn't created by um, Capcom's main studio, um, but by uh, an external writer called Yasuhisha Kawamura, who had very little experience with Resident Evil. Um, in fact, he had to play the original game to familiarise himself with the <laughs> fictional universe. Um, <laughs> Nevertheless, the story was proofread and sanctioned by Capcom to avoid continuity errors with other installments. Um, and this was an issue that they gave attention to in regular monthly meetings to make sure that everything flowed and nothing contradicted itself. So it was being developed in tandem with the Dreamcast version of Code Veronica mm. and was originally referred to as Biohazard 1.9 <laughs> due to its setting between the first two Resident Evil games. <laughs> Um, because yeah. obviously at one point Resident Evil 2 was Resident Evil 1.5 <laughs> and it all gets very confusing um, making it even more confusing it was also codenamed Biohazard 1.5 that's <laughs> pretty confusing keep up, keep up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Code Veronica takes place after Resident Evil 2 um, but they wanted to make Nemesis the third numbered game in the series to keep the titles of the PlayStation games consistent. So they did want it. it, Yeah, give it them that. That actually they didn't want it to go one, two. Code Veronica. They wanted it to go one, two, three. So Nemesis became Resident Evil Three. Developed by a small team originally of 20 people, but as the game got closer to the release date, the development team gradually increased um, to between 40 and 50 staff members. Um, Unlike Resident Evil 2, which featured the two discs with two different protagonists and the now famous zapping system. Zapping. uh, Zapping. Zapping. Resident Evil Resident Evil 3 is a single disc game that centers mainly on Jill Valentine. Um, Do you know why they chose Jill? Anyone? Jill? Um, because the other ones were swanning off doing other things, weren't they? So you've got if Code Veronica was kind of happening at the same time, Claire was swanning off doing that. Uh, Leon was uh, Europe or something for Resident Evil. 4. <laughs> they, she was the only one available, wasn't she? Basically, <laughs> it was her day. Yeah, it was her day. She was the only suitable character remaining. So yeah, like Dill says. Um, well, Claire and Chris had already been chosen for Code Veronica. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and obviously, because this game takes place at the same time as RE2, or part of it does, yeah. Leon was otherwise occupied. He's otherwise occupied, yeah. He's so... otherwise occupied. And they obviously didn't feel like making a game where Barry was the lead, I suppose. <laughs> but they did, but not this one. Not this one. <laughs> not this one. So the events of the game take place before, during, and after RE2. As a note, we know we know the only person who likes Resident Evil Gaiden, don't we? Squidge. Squidge from the Ruffling Tales is the only yeah. I think is the only person in the world who likes who likes Resident Evil Gaiden, so 
Well done, mate. Yeah, this, this so, someone should. Someone, someone needs to like it. Someone needs yeah. to give it, keep it going. But yeah, sorry, mate. So okay. So before we get into the plot of the game, um, I think we should do a back of the box. Now I'm going to do the back of the box, but I want a jingle first from someone. Aid, Dylan. Oh, which Dylan. is my favourite, Rob's or Adrian's? Well, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to toss a bottle cap. Um, red side up for Adrian, bottom side down for Rob. Here we go. Oh, it's Rob. Rob, do your back of the box jingle. Uh, I can't remember half the words, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let me see if I can uh, improvise it. Go on. Um, If you're wondering how a game goes and you don't know what to do, there's a blurb that you can read. (laughs) Back of the box, back of the box. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing Wicked, the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Everybody. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grab your boxes. No. Bags of the box. No. Bag. <laughs> the bottle cap hath spoken. Go on, sorry. And okay. And Keith. Just days after surviving the grisly disaster at the mansion lab. Jill Valentine resigns from stars and vows to leave Raccoon City. But as events overtake her, she suddenly finds herself trapped by hordes of flesh-eating zombies, hideous mutants, and a relentless new nemesis. Once again, she must rely on... (laughs) Once again, she must rely on cunning and brute force to escape. What she soon discovers is the evil created by the Umbrella Corporation is more horrifying than she ever imagined. Love there you go. There's the back of the box. That's going to make you buy that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's September the 28th, 1998, and it's 24 hours prior to the events of Resident Evil 2. Former Stars, rescues, uh, former stars member Jill Valentine is attempting to escape from Raccoon City. Most of the population has been transformed into zombies by an outbreak of the T-Virus, a new type of biological weapon secretly developed by the pharmaceutical company Umbrella. (laughs) Simple setup. You're stuck in a zombie-infested city and you need to get out. Um, The Japanese title kind of reflected this. It was called Biohazard 3 Last Escape. Last Escape. So the viral outbreak, it all feels very um, appropriate to now. It does a little bit, but... A little bit. But the... The current virus that's causing chaos around the world does no, is nothing like the T virus, is it? Let's be honest. No, no, not quite, not quite. I don't want people uh, turning into to T zombies. That would not be nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, feel, I imagine lockdowns turned quite a few people into zombies, shuffling around their homes. <laughs> Nerd flukes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm, another repeat of Scrubs. Mm. <laughs> Silly, you don't like Scrubs scrubs anymore. Is that right? I hate Scrubs now. But anyway, that's that's another podcast. Well, there's a new show that's a bit like Scrubs. Well, it's as funny as Scrubs, but updated. It's called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, shut up. I I quite like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, there you go. (laughs) Get out out of my screen. (laughs) I've got a little note here. Refresh for the unfamiliar. So this is partly for Rob, I guess. Although Rob, you know, Rob's familiar, I guess, with Resident Evil gameplay. Are you? Sort of? I'm Have him watched it? aware of it. You're aware of it. You're aware of it's, aware of it's work. That's about as good as we're going to get, I think. 
So Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is a survival horror game. Um, the player controls the protagonist from a third-person perspective to interact with the environment and enemies. To advance, the player explores the city while avoiding, outsmarting, and defeating enemies. The player can interact with the environment in several ways, such as opening doors, pushing objects, or climbing obstacles. Scattered throughout the city are weapons, ammunition, and other items which can be collected and put in the player's inventory. Items can be examined, used, or combined with others. The inventory is limited to a certain number of slots, and the player must often move items from the inventory to a storage box located in special rooms to manage space. Um, I don't know how much we really covered it in the Resident Evil 2 pod deal, um, how much inventory management is uh, like a crucial but cornerstone of the games i think i want to say we must mention we we (laughs) said that it was very important but knowing us we do tend to miss things occasionally (laughs) so um i'd say there's an 80 percent chance that we said something about it but it is i mean i think it's beautiful i think the whole kind of balancing what's in the chest um to what's on your person and kind of make sure you've got the right things for the right situations. And it's just that, that if a survival horror game gets that correct, then it's on the right path. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because I think on the surface, when you see a game like Resident Evil, you, it just looks like a run around, shoot things, and yeah. that's it. But it's not, they are, they are, I think, puzzle games. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 um you know the six slots or however many you've got in your inventory it is like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. What do I take? What do I leave behind? If I leave this behind, I can't pick this up, and I need to combine this with that. Yeah. Um, it, there is like a lot of lateral thinking that goes into it. Um, and it's I think that's what gives them their depth. If yeah. it was just a case of run round bang bang bang, I think I'd still enjoy them. Um, but. Maybe not quite so much. But a lot of the extra modes in games, and I'm sure you'll talk about it later, a lot of the extra Mm -hmm. modes in these Resident Evil games do that, and you just, and I don't find them interesting. I don't do the whole. Yeah, the mercenaries mode. Yeah, Yeah, I don't kind of do the whole running around just shooting it and just whatever. You know, give me, you know, I've got to find a a cog that goes in a clock. But, oh, no, hold on, that's not the right cog. What do I have to do with it? Oh, I have to manufacture it a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Let's manufacture it a little bit. Then let's put it in the clock. Oh, no, it still doesn't work. All right, then got to get a little clog. Okay, mm. you know, just go round and round with cogs. But Dylan, man, and Keith, um, mm. I think that's one reason why I don't particularly like survival horror games that much. It, because I understand they're trying to bring in puzzle elements, which I respect. But in a weird way, if I want to shoot zombies, I want to shoot zombies. If I want to play like a puzzle game, I want to play Monkey Island. I want to play Full Throttle. I want to play, you know, just not missed. No, not missed. Um, My point is though, and again, you might you might shout at me for this, but in a weird way, I think Resident Evil games they they should be just all out, just killing zombies, man. You know, going from stage to stage. All right, doing the odd little puzzle here and there. I, 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 again, I want to. They have kind of pandered to that with these extra modes. So when you when you they do a thing now, and I think we, we pretty much when you complete a Resident Evil game, it has some kind of just shoot 'em uppy offshoot. Yeah, it's called Mercenaries mode, and yeah, it basically is, and it's like a timed section, and yeah. it's like it kill as many so zombies as you can, score as many points as you can. But yeah, just yeah. not as its own game. But I think I think I, I prefer the puzzle elements to give a bit more to give it a bit more rounded feel. You know that that for me is 
again with Silent Hill, like the Silent Hill games, the Resident Evil games, mm. if they were just about killing monsters and being spooked a little bit every now and then, they wouldn't be as popular as they are now. Because no, you've got but... that, you have to use your brain a little bit. Like it's not just. I mean, about yeah. I I get that, but I think I'm kind of on the same page as age here. Like I want, if I'm in the mood to play an action game. I want to play an action game, and you know, puzzle. If I'm in a mood to play a puzzle game, I want a puzzle game. It's, ah, but uh, that's what makes them so good. They're the combination yeah. of both. Because there is because an audience that survival wants to horror. Mix, of, yeah, it's about a... having not only just enough ammo. And do do I run past this zombie, knowing I'll probably have to come back past down this corridor again later, mm-hmm. or do I take him out? But then I might not have enough ammo for what's coming. It's it, it is yeah. it's it's that survival it's that and that it's a, it ramps yeah. up the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like every bullet counts. And mm. games where you can just run around and shoot things are ten a penny. And I like I like those as well. You know, Dill knows I quite enjoy the more recent Resident Evil games as well for that reason. Mm. Um, but the early survival horror ones, I think that's what they do so well. Yeah, it's that combination. It's not all about puzzles. If it was, I think I would get a bit bored of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just yeah, the whole inventory management. You know, if I take mm. if I take too many healing items, I might not have enough ammo with me, and then I'll have to go back again. And I, I, for me, I think it's like that perfect combination. But I can see why it wouldn't be for everyone. It's not it's, for everyone. Not not every yeah, game is for everyone. It's why yeah, exactly. I it's why I quit on Resident Evil Two Remake. I it's, I loved it. I respected it. But I thought to myself, I'm going to save it here. But I've got no bullets. So if I reload the game, you've got to be I'm, careful. Yeah, mate. You've got I be, don't want to be careful. I want to be, be fr- Rambo style. You ha- you've got to be frugal. You've got to be frugal, man. Fru- frugality is the is the kind of the key word regards Resident Evil and Silent Hill. You can't just go like ah. You can't just go like point break like shooting into the sky. You know, <laughs> you know every you can. Every Maybe one you, of those you'd regret, regret it. Every one of those bullets has to count. And yeah, with with remake two. Even if you put it on the easiest one, you still need to have... You can't just go crazy. You can't just go crazy, crazy. I, would, I mean, but, what's more fun in a game than being having to be frugal? Like, I love being frugal. <laughs> frugal is my middle name. I've been, I've, been, I've been wearing the same clothes since 2000. I'm like, you know, the, the, clothes, that, the clothes that I flunked college in, I'm still wearing them. So, I've seen yeah. you in different clothes. You aren't a cartoon character. I'm, a, I'm Homer Simpson, man. I'm telling hey, you, Dylan, I'm wearing the same stuff. You're like that... Um, you, you post a really good thing on um, Tony Hawk's. Remember Tony Hawk's? As, <laughs> oh yeah. As so there's a meme. There's a really funny meme going out that says, um, um, "You're 30, but you've heard that they're remastering Tony Hawk's." And there's a picture of when uh, Mr. Burns imp- impersonates Jimbo, and when yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. Hans Molman is dressed as Bart Simpson. <laughs> That's you. It's like this meme is perfect. <laughs> Like it's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's 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 me, dude. That's basically those are my. Old, I'm I'm still wearing. Yeah, mole man. I'm hard <laughs> mole man. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. Sorry, Keith. Tangent. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> so, um, compared to previous games, there was in an attempt clearly to please aid. There was more of a, a shift towards action compared to the first two Resident Evil oh. games. Um, there's more weapons um, there's bits of the environment you can shoot, you can blow up barrels uh, to take out enemies um, something and... that will really please Adrian actually, sorry Keith is that if you stick it on easy so oh, I, yeah. I, I, I gave this a quick run around about a week ago 
just just as a little bit of prep and a little bit of just re refamiliar because I always used to play him on play him on normal uh back in the old day day but then I thought oh that'd be uneasy see what it does it gives you like all the guns <laughs> so you yeah to, if you go to you, the storage box they're you, all in there they're all in there Adrian so you can actually just play Resident Evil three on easy and just Point point break to your heart's content, mate. You oh yeah. yeah. I was actually gonna bring that up later on. Um I'll Sorry. bring it up now. As you no, sorry, as you've mentioned it, um, because I, obviously I played it through prior to the podcast. Um there's only easy or hard. There isn't wow. there is no so, so I, no, I there's no played it on hard then back in the day, because I don't yeah. remember it ever giving there's me all the easy guns. Easy or hard. Easy is the one that gives you the guns, and hard is yes. I guess the normal mode, but yeah. the yeah. guns. Which I, I kind of didn't like because it was like either you're wussing out or <laughs> it's going to be too hard. Where's the where's the average Joe mode? Average um, <laughs> Joe mode. Average Joe mode. Oh, that's what I want. Um, yeah, so they went kind of slightly to, lent into the action a little bit because there's a couple of different things that they brought into the game in terms of moves as well. There's a dodge dodge move, yeah, which you can use, um, and you can also. This is the first Resident Evil game that had the quick turn as well to do like a yeah. quick 180. Mm. Um, which they is took really that handy. off Dino Crisis, didn't they? Because ah. they, 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 they yes. trialed that. They trialed that in Dino Crisis, and then they ported that over to. Yeah, to that was it. really that was really good because it is in in uh, games with tank controls. It is quite frustrating watching them kind of spin around on the spot slowly oh, as God. you try and turn the character around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know there was obviously a little bit more of an emphasis on action, um, and it also featured a new ammunition creation system. Oh, yes. Love so you this. can create different types. of. You can collect gunpowder, different types of gunpowder. Adrian's um, looking mortified right now. I know it. He's like, <laughs> he's looking, what? I have like, to create oh, my own ammunition? Out. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to shoot zombies. <laughs> well, you have, first of all, you have to collect the gunpowder. Go and play, go and play Resident Evil 6 then and just be bored just shooting zombies. <laughs> go and be bored with that. Jesus. But, yeah, the, the whole... Yeah, because you have your little little kit, don't you? <laughs> and then you've got your different gunpowders, and there's a little manual that tells you this gunpowder mixed with two of these gunpowders gives you magnum bullets. That's and it. then yeah. this one mixed with this one, and then this special other one gives you flaming something rounds. And it's just, yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Love all Flaming mows. Flaming mow rounds. Flaming mows. <laughs> it's um, syrup. Still, <laughs> while we're talking about the action... <laughs> the more action-oriented gameplay, um, the suitability of tank controls in an action game. Uh, half. I'm not... Yeah. That was... That's the only thing. Um, I'll talk more about how I, how much I enjoyed playing through it again recently, but it is difficult. Like, the, when you have the kind of boss fights with Nemesis where you can't run away and you actually yeah. have to stand and fight, trying to play an action game with the tank controls it's not easy um i wouldn't say it kind of lends itself to it you need to be a tank control veteran like say if these guys had never played resident evil before and they were were like all right go and play uh, resident evil 3 (laughs) even on easy and see if you can dodge nemesis later on in the game Mm. it just wouldn't happen but because because i'd spent so many hours playing two and one it just came. It just came second, you know. Came second nature, really. So that's why I could have. I I able to complete it on hard that week, you know. That I got it. it yeah. Was just, 
you know, I could just, you know, I know how to spin around and use the kind of, and then the old, um, the quick turn was really good. I, I got to grips with that really easy. Oh, the quick turn and the, the dodge, if you can get them to work properly, yeah, especially the dodge, the dodge is a bit random. So. Yeah, the yeah. dodge was never really that good about that. But, um, yeah, the quick turn, bam. So I loved it, man. I just loved on the old D pad. Screw the dual shock. I was like, oh, on the D pad there, bit of that, <laughs> bit of, bit of the old tank controls. I've, I've still got left thumb arthritis. I'm pretty sure from that. So. <laughs> Okay. Man, how many ways has this game destroyed your life? It's really destroyed it, but it's it's sort of it's sort of enriched my lives in so you know life my, in so many other ways. So like a hard drug addiction. Like a hard, it's like a hard drug addiction. Yeah, it was worth it. Totally worth it. <laughs> it's because I'm worth it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, something else that was new to Resident Evil Three was the um, different paths. So there'd be certain situations that arise and the screen would flash and it would sort of go into like a negative image and then you'd get two choices. Um, be yes. Like, yes. Um, like jump out of the window or apply the brakes or something like that. I'm sure that's what happens on the... Is that what happens on the train? It's something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, the, the only ones I really remember are either the ones where you go into the police station. He's right at the police station, isn't he? Oh, the yes, at the beginning. I think police that's the station. first one, yeah. There's one where I think you've either got to get into the back of a van or something. I can't remember like that one. I, I wish yes. there was the option. Yeah, because that, yeah, that's the one where you can fall down into the, the underground bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you do end up going to different bits of Raccoon City, like, or just being in a bit of it that you don't really want to be in. And then you go back and ask ah, the nemesis is there again. <laughs> oh, poop. So, so it's a bit, it's a bit like sliding doors, you know, that bit when they, did you get on the subway or not? It's like that. It is like it's totally like sliding doors. Just like it. Totally. Uncanny. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone actually watch sliding doors in the last two or three years? No, I but I it. actually kind of want to. Adrian, I... this is gonna yeah, this is gonna blow your mind. Gwyneth Paltrow is actually in Resident Evil Three. She's a secret <laughs> unlockable character. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. I'm guessing Resident Evil Three can't. I mean, they came out around the same time. Sliding Doors to come out in they 1999. Did. I think. True. But, like, it is the most 90s movie you've ever seen. And, like, not the good part of the 90s you remember, but you, you're kind of watching it thinking, man, <laughs> the, ni- this, the 90s really sucked, but I'm still really nostalgic for it. <laughs> yeah. I'll play it. Resident Evil. Um, Sliding Doors. Sliding Doors version, yeah. <laughs> is that because you want to see Gwyneth Paltrow be attacked by zombies? Yes. Every day of my life. People would yeah. pay to see that. Like a they film. Would. Chris Martin going, why did you leave me uncoupling me? I... <laughs> Conscious uncoupling. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Are you quite finished? <laughs> yes. So you've got alternate paths and uh, these choices affect the way the story unfolds and also which ending is achieved. So again, even though it's only a single character story, as opposed to RE2, where you had the two characters and the zapping system and the A and the B scenario, they were thinking of ways to give you a little bit of replay value, in which is it is quite a short game. Um, now, it was the first thing we mentioned when we started the podcast. You can't talk about this game without talking about him. And that is, of course, Nemesis. Yes. Um, now, for Rob's benefit, of course, um, a, Nemesis is... Um, he is, what is he? He's an umbrella experiment gone wrong. Um, he's basically been sent in to eliminate 
any remaining stars members so basically anyone who has any clue uh what umbrella are up to and what evil they've unleashed on the city um uh he is considerably more powerful than the player and has the ability to use a rocket launcher um and the thing that made him scary in the context of the resident evil games was that he could follow you from room to room so normally there's a zombie in a room the easiest way to get away from him is to go into the next room and close the door they don't follow you through the doors. So they were, you always had that feeling of safety. Um, and they mess with this by bringing in Nemesis. And he, he, you can hear him. He makes, you can hear him in a distance. It might be loud footsteps. Um, you might hear him go stars. Um, and then he'll come crashing through a wall. Um, so whereas in the previous games, if, if a room was empty, you felt cool, you felt calm. In this, no. Because he could come at you at any time, and you didn't know. What. Obviously, you played it a few times. You start to realise which sections of the game is going to appear. But the first time you play it, I'm sure Dill will back me up on this as well. It yeah. is terrifying. It is scary. No, Keith, I have to admit, yeah. it was scary. And I, you know, I'm not the massive, huge fan, but I have to say, I was pooping my pants when he first <laughs> appeared. <laughs> when the screen does that, that like yeah. a like a, like a film negative thing. Yeah, and yeah, it goes oh, yeah. doom, and it like gives you those two like the choices you do it's like it's your total brown pants moment it's just totally, yeah you know you, you're not getting away from that and when you get away from me, you're like ah but you're right he'll just like go through doors and but i think don't, don't the other zombies go through doors as well in, in resident evil 3 i don't think um i, think, I don't think there's no. i think some, i don't think i don't think he's the only one who goes through doors i'm pretty sure the other i don't think so i don't think so i'm no. sure that there might be a couple there might be a couple of sections where if you leave there's a might be a group of them and if you leave them they'll knock a door down yeah, like a like, like a gate yeah. outside i think you might be thinking of that yes yeah, possible um, possible, possible. Yeah. <laughs> but again even if that was the case this was the first time that happened in the resident evil games oh yeah oh yeah um and yeah, so like you say, you do get an option in a few of the encounters to run away or to stay and fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think, well, why not just run away every time? The incentive to stay would be if you did manage to down him um, only temporarily, you'd be able to get some kind of special ammunition. Yeah, so, so you get some like, strong it, ammunition off him. Yeah, that's it. So sometimes it's worth it. But some of the encounters are mandatory, so you couldn't get away um, and you would have to stand and fight. Um, but he does continue to pursue you no matter what throughout the, the entirety of the game. Um, something else that they did bring in as well, talking about the AI of the, um, the zombies and things, they designed it so that up to nine enemies could appear at the same time. And they also improved their AI so that they could hunt the player up and downstairs. That's it, they can so go this, up and down stairs now. Yeah, so this was the first this was the first one as well. I don't know if you remember, um, in one and two where you had to sort of stop and in the first game you got the the, the door closing animation, but you've got the steps going up the steps really slowly. Yeah. And then in RE two you could run up steps, but you had to press a button specially. Whereas in Nemesis, you can just continue running and run up the stairs. You don't have to kind of stop and press a button to climb the stairs. Um, But yeah, they can follow you up and down now as well. Um, So, I mean, yeah, Nemesis, he's made a big impact, big part of the game. Um, He's kind of become iconic. And people do talk about it as if it was a completely new thing. Um, But obviously, Mr. X, um, or the tyrant in Resident Evil 2, there was elements of something similar there. Um, he obviously 
that was kind of set parts of the game where he would burst through a wall and come after you. Um, and then obviously they expanded on that in the remake. Um, but yeah, I would say Nemesis has become iconic. Um, they even featured him in one of the live action Resident Evil films. Um, and they took a few other elements from this game and put those in one of the films as well. For for anyone who wants to watch it, it's Resident Evil Apocalypse, which is the second one. Um, I've not Jules seen that one. Have you not it. seen it? No, I've not seen that one. I mean, it's not amazing, but Nemesis is in it. Uh, I didn't even know that. He, Hello. And he says stars. Um, oh. and Jill, Jill's in it, in her outfit from this game. Sweet. Um, and obviously they and they use the same plan as uh, they do in the game to cleanse Raccoon City with a nuclear missile. Um, now, Nemesis was inspired by a certain cinematic villain um, based on the fact that he's pretty much unstoppable and stalks you throughout the whole game. Can you guess? Terminator. Terminator. Which one? T one thousand. Yeah, Rob gets it. Rob gets it. Yeah, it was the T. It was the T one thousand from Terminator Two. No. Oh, yeah. I thought it'd be T Arnie one, whichever. We I was, but it, it's kind of a combination of the two. I would say. I've got a better question. Who Who would you rather work for as a boss, um, Mister X or Nemesis? <laughs> Mr. X, because I can get away from him if he's angry. Whereas Nemesis, <laughs> yeah. he would just kill me. Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. Although, in uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, Mr. X does wear a rather fetching sort of trench coat and hat. Yes. It gives off a more professional vibe. It does, actually. So, it does look professional. Yeah. Yes. So yes, there's that. Dylan. It's Mr. X to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. There's that. So yeah, I'd, I'd say Mr. X. <laughs> um, <laughs> according to Shinji Mikami, talking about introducing Nemesis, he said, I wanted to introduce a new kind of fear into the game, a persistent feeling of paranoia. The Nemesis brings that on in spades. When it disappears after the first confrontation, you live in constant dread of the next attack. The idea is to make you feel like you're being stalked. Whoa. I would say I would say they achieved that definitely. Yeah. Do you know, Keith? Ne- Nemesis was um, when I first heard the word Nemesis. It was actually at Alton Towers. Yep. Oh yeah. Because they they actually made a, a whole famous ride. Yeah. Ride, and they actually gave me when I was there. You know, it's it's not it's not it's, it's quite far from Croydon, isn't it? And they were like, oh, have a have a can of Nemesis, and there was actually a drink. So ah. there was a drink to Ooh. promote the ride. What I kind had of drink? that. I had the Nemesis drink. They yeah. sold it at the shop down at the bottom of Riddlesdown, didn't they? They did, and it helped promote the ride. And you know what? They've now got a Nemesis ride at Fort Park. Yes. There you go. It's so, it, he, no relation. No relation. He spawned, he spawned from a drink that tasted like <laughs> butt, from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't particularly tasty, but there you go. There you go. That's that, When I think of the word Nemesis, I'm sorry, it's not the game. It's actually the drink. Wasn't it like ride. blackberry flavor or something? Yes. Like Dylan, Nemesis. man. Dylan, you're on it. What like is wrong with on. my memory? Seriously, I remember, <laughs> remember the most pointless crap. But yeah. You do. Sorry. You remember the... It's Nemesis not going to win you a million dollars. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry sorry again Keith. Okay. sorry Keith. sorry Keith. oh so let's talk a bit more about the game itself so the look of the game the setting the environment so um it uses the same engine as the second game um but by now you can kind of see that they've really got used to programming this kind of game mm. the backgrounds are so detailed um and yeah. in my opinion um i'd say it's the best looking of the original trilogy on ps1 oh yeah 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 
apparently there is a slight reduction in the detail on the character models um but that was done so that they could have more zombies on screen at any one time yeah. and it helped them with like the more action heavy gameplay but i think the the back the backgrounds um and the detail because the the large large sections of it are obviously outside on the city streets mm. um and this is what i really loved about it and i'm sure it was the same um Resident Evil 2 takes place at the same time, but a lot of it, you're inside the police station, um, you're in the sewers, you're in the lab, um, and you only get like a little hint at the very beginning of the carnage that's happening out on the streets during this yeah. outbreak. Um, and that, and, but then that intro bit is always one of my favorite bits of RE2. Yeah. But obviously Resident Evil 3, there's much bigger sections of that. I mean, they're clever about how they do it because it's all, it, you're still in sort of narrow corridors, really, um because it, what they've done i mean it's like an it's an outdoor setting but there's loads mm-hmm. of sort of little bits that there's like that bar and stuff and yeah there's uh sort of little kind of like little nooks and crannies in raccoon city yes and there's yeah. little, like, these kind of back alleyways and like um a lot of kind of possible industrial bits like you're going to like yep. factories and stuff and it just like it it's nice how they've done it and they because they've they kind of use that kind of open openness of the city, but then they couple it with the you have to go into these kind of creepy bits around the city to get other things, and they still can get that that kind of you know claustro claustrophobic kind of sting. Yeah, claustrophobic stings. Yeah, I did that. Claustrophobic. Oh. I did. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, you've got like there's you've obviously got you've got the city streets. There's like that little shopping arcade bit. Um, we've got the tight alleyways. There's a bar. There's a restaurant. You go into the newspaper offices. I don't know if oh, you remember yeah. that bit. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's yeah. All, you know, it's all just very creepy because you can and kind of you kind of like oh there were people here like they had that it gives yes. it that perfect aura of this place has just been deserted. Like you're yeah. you mean like, like London six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, you revisit RPD, uh, which is great as well if you've played the second game raccoon police department sorry yeah. rob's looking like, oh yeah of course <laughs> what <laughs> yes raccoon city police department um which is a major setting in the second game you revisit it in this game um i mean i don't know if it's supposed to be like hours after or is it before that's where well, i'm unsure in the ties just before leon would be there yeah it's just before because you just see before isn't it uh yes the other cops and stuff in the police station briefly don't you and then off you go yes most of it's boarded up so how they've kind of got around that is when you get to the police station they've only like opened up a little bit of it don't they and a yeah. lot of it's boarded up so you can't but oh those boards aren't there in resident evil 2 i was very picky as a child i'm like those <laughs> those boards were there in resident evil 2 why they do that for <laughs> but yeah because you can read about you can read all the stuff from like that's in the police station in the second one can't you you can read all that that yes. memo to leon and stuff and that's yeah, it yeah yeah very cool so you go back to rpd there's the clock tower section as well yeah i do i do love a clock tower well, do um, you do love a clock tower <laughs> i do love a clock dun, dun, tower dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> a man. um the cable car uh, the cable there's also be, a section yeah. where you play as carlos which is pretty cool yeah carlos for you be, you guys so, yeah. carlos Oliveira. he's a member of the Oh, UBCS. Tactical um, blow the um, crap umbrella, out of everything, something, something. UBCS, <laughs> Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. Yeah. Wow. How did you so it works that? for Umbrella and they send them in when things go wrong. 
um, but he ends up helping Jill. Um, and that's quite a cool section where you have to go and get an antidote and he's got a big submachine gun. Um, there you go. This bit's for you, Aid, because you don't really have to worry about ammo. Yeah. So you can go charging in and just shoot as many zombies as you want. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. There's a graveyard section, which for a Resident Evil game, I think you could have a graveyard section. You love a graveyard section. Graveyard, love a graveyard section. The, um, whole bit, are... the whole bit in that kind of church bit and like Re- Nemesis Hot. is crashing through everything and yeah. it's just madness, isn't it? There's a but yeah, Raccoon City Park. There's a factory. I just think this is there's a nice variety to it, which you ne- didn't necessarily get in the first two games. Yeah. God, I, I, that's not a criticism. I love the first two games. The the mansion setting of the first one is amazing. Um, RPD in the second one. Um, but just having all these different locations in in what is a shorter game just keeps it fresh and exciting as you go through it. Um, and for me, just as someone who loves the original games, being in the middle of Raccoon City during the height of the outbreak was like a real treat. Mm. Um, and it just kind of adds to the world and the series lore and just kind of builds it all up. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons I love it so much. You get to see what else was happening while you were busy trying yes. to find the different yeah. keys and police station and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack was composed by Masami Ueda, who also did the score for the second Resident Evil game. Um, I, from memory, I didn't remember it being memorable. I'm just going <laughs> to use the word memory in, in all its different forms. Um, I didn't remember it being that good, um, but it's available on Spotify, and I had a good listen to it uh, outside the game, and it's really, really good. Um, I've heard people say, oh, it's not as good as the second one. Um, I don't think they emphasize it as much as in like Resident Evil no, 2, you know. It's well up there. You really it, don't notice it as much. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's really good. And it kind of, it's got a good balance of like that action and horror themes as well. Mm. Um, it's got a really good variety to it. There's lots of kind of minimalist, creepy, atmospheric bits. But there's also some real kind of like pumping bits with, with little electronic bits here and there. Um, there's a tune at the end when the missile is racing towards the city and you're trying to save the day and get out. Um, it's, yeah, really, really good. Um, I've just picked it up on vinyl. Um, yeah, it was released. Obviously. <laughs> Obvs. Uh, well, it was released by uh, Laced Records, um, who also released RE1 and 2 on vinyl. Um, highly recommended by me, anyway. Yeah. Um, should we do a little synopsis of how the story plays out? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, spoiler warning, if you haven't played it and you want to... Um, Cut, cut it off now. Cut us off cut, now. Yeah, stop listening. Yeah. Come back to us later. Um, so Jill's on her way to the Raccoon City the Police Department and she runs into fellow Stars member Brad Vickers. Oh, no, um, Brad. Oh, yeah, Brad. Brad. Yeah, it doesn't go well for Brad. Um, he was killed by a new enemy. This creature, Nemesis, is a bioorganic weapon programmed to target surviving Stars members, witnesses of Umbrella's experiments. As she evades Nemesis, Jill encounters three surviving members of the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. Uh, Carlos, Mikhail, and Nikolai. Nikolai explains to Jill and Carlos that a rescue helicopter can be contacted if they manage to reach the city's clock tower and ring the bell. That's it. That's it. They, they've got no radio, so they have to ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Um, as they make their way to the tower, Nikolai disappears and is presumed dead, while Nemesis corners the remaining members of the group on the cable car headed to the tower. Mm. 
Mikhail sacrifices himself with a grenade, causing the car to crash into the tower's main courtyard and separating Jill and Carlos briefly. At the clock tower, Jill summons the helicopter by ringing the clock tower's bell before being confronted by Nemesis, who destroys the helicopter and infects Jill with the T-virus. Yeah, she gets infected, bro. Does. Jill manages to temporarily defeat Nemesis, but falls unconscious due to the T-virus. Ah, yes, I made a note here. So everything up to this point takes place before Claire and Leon enter RPD in RE2. Make sense? Then, yeah. Yeah. And Carlos finds Jill and takes her to safety within the clock tower. You then control Carlos and he manages to find a cure for Jill's T-virus infection in the Raccoon City General Hospital. He returns to Jill and injects her with a vaccine, saving her. After she regains consciousness, um, she proceeds towards Raccoon Park and enters the caretaker's cabin. Now, everything after this point takes place after Claire and Leon have escaped the city. So she must have been unconscious for a while. She's a bloody hell, mate. So, yeah, in the time that she's asleep, um, Claire and Leon basically do the whole of RE2. About three, four hours she must have been asleep. (laughs) Yeah. Um. She runs into Nikolai at the park caretaker's cabin. Now, Nikolai is revealed to be one of the supervisors sent into Raccoon City to gather combat data of Umbrella's bioweapons. He he manages to escape, and Jill is confronted by a massive worm-like creature, the Grave Digger. It's basically like one of the big worms from Tremors. Do you remember Tremors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tremors. Give it bacon. Give it bacon. Um, Jill defeats the creature and escapes to an abandoned factory at the rear of the park. Inside the factory, Jill meets up with Carlos, who tells her that the U.S. government is planning to launch a thermobaric missile into Raccoon City to eradicate the T-virus infestation. After confronting Nemesis and grabbing a keycard to escape, Jill learns from the factory's control tower that the missile attack on Raccoon City has begun, with only a short time left before the city is destroyed. Mm. Now, at the end, uh, depending on the path taken by the player, Jill's final encounter with Nikolai will differ. In one version of the events, Nikolai will attempt to start a gunfight with Jill, only to be taken by surprise and killed by Nemesis. In another event, Nikolai will hijack Jill's intended escape chopper, and the player must choose to either reason with Nikolai or destroy the helicopter. If Jill negotiates with Nikolai, he reveals that he has killed the other supervisors and boasts yep. about collecting the bounty placed on Jill by Umbrella before escaping. What a twat. <laughs> he really is. Regardless of Nikolai's fate, Jill makes her way to the rear yard and confronts Nemesis one last time. After an intense battle, Jill defeats Nemesis with the help of a prototype railgun. Now, when she dispatches, uh, you get a choice uh, of whether to just run away or to finish off the creature. Now, you must always choose this option to finish off the creature because she takes out her magnum um, and shoots him while delivering an awesome one-liner. Can you remember what it is, Dil? No. What is she uh, She's just too- been revoked. You've just no. been revoked. <laughs> she says, you want stars? I'll give you stars. Boom. Uh. That's not as good as, you've just been revoked. I see you. That's- <laughs> it makes no sense. You've just been revoked. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Jewel then meets up with Carlos and escapes the city via a helicopter. If the previous escape chopper was stolen by Nikolai, Jill and Carlos will instead meet up with Star's Alpha Team's weapons specialist, Barry Burton, who helps them escape in his helicopter. The thermobaric missile vaporizes Raccoon City. Bam, there goes yeah. Raccoon City, mate. Raccoon City. Because there was always now, a question mark as to what actually, like, oh, yep, it got boomed. It, it got, got boomed. boomed. Because, it got boomed because, you know, because... 
Claire and Leon boomed the re- research facility, but then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what actually happened to Raccoon City? And like, ah, oh, Resident Evil 3, oh, it got boomed. That's it, they wiped it out, cover their tracks, their filthy umbrella. Boo. Let's hope <laughs> no one does that in this day and age. Yes, let's. let's fingers <laughs> crossed for that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, upon completing the main story mode, a minigame titled The Mercenaries, Operation yeah. Mad Jackal is unlocked. Yeah, I know. In Mad Jackal, the player must control one of three members of the UBCS service that Jill encounters during the main game and run from one side of the city to the other within a limited amount of time. However, the starting time limit given is insufficient to actually perform this task. What? The player must continue. Listen. <laughs> the player keep must keep on con- killing. It's like, it's yeah, it's like outrun. It. The player must continuously receive time extensions by performing certain actions such as defeating enemies, rescuing civilians and exploring hidden areas. Mm. Mercenaries do has stuff, it just runs out of time. It, yeah. 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 I'm the, I can't say I've really played it much. Did you? Nah, it's pants. Nah, there you go. <laughs> but some people that's, like it. I'm, correct do. me if they I'm do. wrong. There, there were two... Obviously, I completed Remake 2 the other day. Well, not the other day, the other year. And um, these other games unlock and i you just i just kind of assumed that they'd be similar type things oh um, no, not really i've had a little go at those um like for instance one of them is you know the section with um oh, the mayor no chief irons where he's yeah. got the um the, then there's like a young girl that he's got and by the time you get there she's dead yeah um she's like lying there on the table in one of those side stories you play as her she manages to escape how did i end up on the table yeah, why? How did I end up on this table? Okay. But she, yeah, you have to sort of escape as her, and then one of the side stories you play as Kendo, you know, the gun shop owner. Oh no, yeah, poor yeah, that's and that's sad. a similar thing. I've I've only had a quick go of those. They're really hard. There's one where you play as Hunk as well, called the Fourth Survivor, and that is hard as nails. Oh. So and I left that alone. Okay, all right. Yeah, thanks for um, clarifying. That's Thank okay. You. Um, as is usually the case with Resident Evil games there are also new outfits for Jill that can be unlocked Mm -hmm. instead of simply choosing a new outfit though when you start I thought this was quite a nice touch because normally now when you've unlocked them you start the game and then you can just select your outfit Um, in this one Jill has the key to the boutique which which you have to go and find (laughs) in the uptown section of Raccoon City Um, in here there are several changing rooms with different outfits to select among these are Jill's full Resident Evil 1 uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else, Jill? Do you know? can't remember. I don't think I unlocked any of them. Ah, well, then you'll like this. Uh, basically, uh, it's uh, Regina from Dino Crisis cosplay. Shut Ooh. the hell so, up. <laughs> did you not know this? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mind blown right now. Yeah. So she, she comes back out and she, it, she basically is Regina from Dino Crisis. <laughs> Hair, uniform, everything. So you can then play through RE3 as Regina, basically. Cheeky buggers, they've just like gone. Oh, cool. yeah, we could just like map this map this costume in here. We've already made this for this game. Yeah, let's Dylan would love it. Um, Dylan would love Dylan it. Love it. Yep. Dylan didn't even know nice it existed. Touch. We've got one customer who love it. Oh God! How many years ago <laughs> did I buy this game? Jesus, twenty-one years ago. All right. <laughs> yeah. God, that's a lifetime away. That is. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um release of the game so to promote the game capcom included a brief demo of resident evil 3 in the u.s shipments of 
Dino Crisis, which had a successful launch in Japan. Prior to the release of the game, Capcom spent $20 million on advertisement campaigns for RE3 and Dino Crisis, as well as the N64 version of Resident Evil 2. The marketing campaign included dedicated TV advertising and print advertising. There was a double soundtrack release for the game on CD. Um, Additionally, a novelization titled Nemesis was published in 2000. Um, The first 500,000 units of the game included additional demo discs of Dino Crisis. Uh, it was a commercial hit, selling more than a million units by early October 99. Um, and it was the top-selling game for the PlayStation in the US during the first two weeks of November 1999. In Europe, the game was released on February 21st, 2000. There you go. So it was after Christmas. Oh. Um, it became a bestseller in the UK where it received a gold sales award, uh, indicating sales of at least 200,000 copies. As of May 2008, a total of three and a half million copies of the PlayStation version had been sold, according to Capcom. Uh, reception, I've got some scores for you. Over 90%, like around the board, right? Um, yeah. Game rankings, uh, aggregator score of 88%. Uh, Games, yeah. GameSpot, 8.8 out of 10. Mm. IGN, 9.4 out of 10. Oh, yeah. CVG, 9 out of 10. And Edge, 8 out of 10. So, Hmm. very positive. What were the qualms, though? What were the qualms? Okay, so, well, we've got to go through some little bits that are taken from reviews. So, um, GameSpot editor James Milkey considered it the most sophisticated and accomplished Resident Evil game in terms of graphics and gameplay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Official UK PlayStation magazine called it a modern-day classic, concluding that the game creates a believable environment populates it with a host of evil adversaries and uses Raccoon City's urban sprawl to enhance the fiendish puzzles. Mm. CVG remarked the game preserves the best features of its predecessors and adds some exciting new elements. Edge described it as an engrossing game, despite its similarity to its predecessors, and viewed the Mercenaries minigame as a valuable addition. Mm. Although we disagreed. Um, Um, The game's pre-rendered backgrounds were credited for their rich details and dismal art style. According to IGN editor Doug Perry, crashed cars, rubbish and rubble, totally destroyed city streets and scattered broken glass and debris. All are housed in a suburban area that looks truly devastated in the worst possible way. Um, GameSpot felt that the 3D modelling was greatly improved when compared to the blocky models in the original game. Music and sound effects received similar praise. Uh, GamePro remarked that the game keeps the action hot by hiding what you shouldn't see, but telling you about it through the audio. And the introduction of the Nemesis creature was highly praised. Yeah. Um, I am struggling for any negative features. I reckon it would have been about its the, the shortness of the main game. Possibly. I think, um, yeah, there are lots of things unlock, and yeah, there's the extra game mode. But I remember thinking the the thing that kind of pips resident evil 2 for me is the zapping system and the fact that you can play it sort of both ways mm. with both mm. characters and it added so much more to to the whole thing so that that that's that i'm, I'm guessing yeah actually i found a bit here in my notes here GameSpot highlighted positively the prompted choices during certain points in the game as they encourage replay value but also admitted the game length is too short compared to re2 because it only features mm. one disc with one protagonist um IGN praised the live-action choice feature, stating that it speeds up the pace, increases the tension, and forces a decision that varies the following scene. Um, 
However, uh, US PlayStation Magazine criticized the dodge feature for being impractical and for relying too much on timing, resulting in doing more harm to the player than against opponents. Um, Game Revolution criticized the game's simple, pr- simple premise and voice acting, while Next Generation noted that the game may be a bit tiresome for players who are already familiar with the previous two entries. Oh, no. I don't know about that. I think if no, you like the no, no, other no. two, you'd love this. Um, it was a runner-up for GameSpot's 1999 Adventure Game of the Year. Mm. Would anyone like to guess what won? Adventure a- Game of the Year, 99? 1999 Adventure Game of the Year. Is it the same platform? Is it a PlayStation game? It is. 99. Uh, Final Fantasy 9? No. Nope. Hold on. So it's not an RPG? Um, no. Is it's it? An, uh, it's, well, it's Adventure Game of the Year, but I will tell you that it is more of an action game. G- June 2000? No. That was an action game? I mean, an adventure game? I thought it was kind strategy. of. Is it it's a game a that I've game. played, Keith? Or, or oh. Yeah, and it's a game that we haven't mentioned before, but maybe oh. not loads. Oddworld? No. Oh. Siphon Filter. Siphon oh. Filter. Okay, deserves. So, uh, Soul Reaver was also one of the runners-up. So there's some good games. Good games God, there. there were some good games out here. Mm. Jesus. I love, I love Siphon Field. Siphon Field is good, man. Do you want to hear my controversial opinion? I, I, I had to bit, bite my tongue a few, a few years ago, Keith and Dylan. Go on. Wait, can I, can, I, I, can I wait? Before you say it, can I predict what your bad on. opinion is? Say it. Is your bad opinion that Siphon Field is better than Metal Gear Solid? It is, isn't it? I, <laughs> I played <laughs> Siphon Field on PlayStation 2. <laughs> I played the equivalent... Metal Gear Solid and PlayStation 2, and truthfully, I had more fun with Siphonfiller. Because it's more action-y. We got, we've got you. we got you, Adrian. Yeah, we've got your number. We've got your <laughs> yeah, but I don't like puzzles. No puzzles. You don't like stealth. You don't like anything that kind of like, like derives from the actual main I genre, gen- don't you? I love Siphonfiller. I think it's a great game. I think that it deserves a pod fun. one day. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Siphon Filter does like have stealth play, missions, but yeah, mostly you just run around like a lunatic, like, ta- <laughs> yeah. like tasering everyone. Um, yeah, that's me, basically. But, yeah, uh, next time on Siphon Filter podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I knew you was going to say, no, I Port definitely still releases. like Metal Gear Solid over it, but yeah. No, it's talking crazy. Um, Resident Evil 3 was ported to the to Microsoft Windows and Dreamcast platforms in 2000, mm-hmm. featuring enhanced 3D character models and higher resolution graphics. The Dreamcast version includes more alternate costumes. Um, critical receptions for these ports was not as positive. The Windows version was criticized for not being optimized for keyboard and mouse mm-hmm. and for not letting players save their progress at any time, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, well, that's, the th- that's it about a PC game things that you expect in those days like you've got mm. a hard disk it's like games like you know you say where you are uh mm. yeah the whole ink ribbon thing on a pc game yeah i can see why <laughs> pc gamers kicked off about that and i know what you're going to say about the dreamcast version because i okay up on that. Well. yeah so they that was a di- it didn't take any advantage of the the increased power of the dreamcast it's basically a I think they did the uh. same thing with it like they did with Dino Crisis and just did a a direct port. Yeah, ba- so basically, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Basically, critics noted that some of the pre-rendered backgrounds in the Dreamcast version of the game were not improved, no, resulting no. in them looking not as good as the PlayStation due to the Dreamcast's higher graphic Higher fidelity. res, yeah. So you could see, yeah, see the flaws. Yep. Um, 
CVG generally praised the Dreamcast version, but admitted that the difference in graphical quality between Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica was very noticeable. Mm. Uh, GameCube version was released in 2003 mm. as part of an exclusivity agreement between Capcom and Nintendo. Um, the GameCube version received mixed reviews from critics and was mainly criticised for its relatively high retail price and outdated graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, all game noted that the fact that the game was not priced as a budget title could mislead buyers into thinking it was an enhanced update similar to the 2002 Resident Evil on GameCube. Because, of course, that was just called Resident Evil and not oh. it was. Um, GamePro remarked that while the game's graphics on the GameCube were not like those of the 2002 remake, they were better looking than previous versions of the game. Uh, Resident Evil 3 was digitally released on the PlayStation Network in Japan in 2008 and in North America in 2009, allowing PlayStation 3 and PSP users to play the versions of the game via emulation. I do. I have it. I have it downloaded on my PSP somewhere. So. Ah, there you go. Okay, so we've come. We've come to the end. I will talk about the remake in a minute. Um, I want. I was wondering where you ranked it, Dill, in your pantheon of resident evil games oh mate uh i don't like once you played i know you haven't played have you played you haven't played all of them you pretty much have though i pretty much have now man yeah i I pretty much have done um Mm. i'm a big fan of those gamecube ones i think my my favorite resident evil is two and i say my second favorite resident evil is four and then I'd say my third favorite Resident <laughs> Evil is Resident Evil 3. So it's like my third favorite Resident Evil game. That's but pretty good, man. That's it's, pretty good. It's really up there. I think yeah. because because it expanded on like my favorite game of the franchise, I think that's why I like it so much. Mm. And Resident Evil 4 only pips it because it completely blew me away. Yeah. Like I actually I remember like shouting at people in the street saying Resident Evil 4 is a work of art. I would just look up to random strangers and go, Resident Evil 4 is a work of art. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how much that game kicked me in the nuts. So, you know. So Resident top Evil three for sure. Yeah. Resident Evil 3 is way better than like, uh, five, six. It's better than seven. Remake 2, though, oh, that's throwing a cat amongst the pigeons, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you. Don't know it's where. funny because I hadn't played it for a long time, uh, Nemesis. And I, know, you know, I knew I liked it, but I wasn't sure how, how it would hold up now. Um, but playing through it again, it's really, really good. Um, I think it, the, the short length um it's the means it's the kind of game you can go back to and have a quick not yeah. quick blast you still have a, you know have to sit down for a few sessions mm-hmm. but i think i finished it in about six six and a half hours mm-hmm. um but it's just fun but like, okay. yeah. yeah and it's just constant you got you're constantly progressing the story with the first two games there's a lot more sort of not plodding i don't want to ever sound like i'm criticizing them mm-hmm. but kind of going backwards and forwards and da, 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 da. um this one it kind of it's always moving forward um, and it definitely feels more actiony, um, and obviously the whole nemesis thing kind of adds to it. So I would say it's gone from me not really knowing where it stood in my sort of hierarchy to I would say top three as well now. Yeah, um, I think the remake of the first game is my absolute favourite, and then it's a toss up between two and four, same as you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really really good. Um, would we recommend playing the first two before you try this one? Or do you think 
you could jump into this one and have fun with it. Would you reckon? It's a standalone game. You don't really need to know what happens in the other two. I think the setup is simple enough, isn't it? Like yeah. you've got to get out of the city. Yeah, and if and... you stick it on easy, then you really are going to have a good time with it. I think <laughs> you mm. don't need to. You don't need to be adept at, at tank controls or anything. You can literally just blast your way through it, Adrian Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what you need to do. Eh? You need to go back and play it on easy. Get all the guns. Get all the guns. I. It's not like I don't like the game. It's just I almost fell. It's hard to explain. I I put my life and soul into it, and I got stuck at one point. Uh, I think it was a point in the oil rig, maybe Nemesis was after me. I was just getting past it. I was like, oh, I can't be asked anymore. That sounds like the factory at the end. That yeah, sounds like you were really close. You're quite to near the end, the end mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I played. I put good hours into it. So I didn't know how far I was into the game, to be honest. I, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Adrian's getting all emotional. <laughs> don't Adrian's have to apologise. Look, I don't get Zelda. You don't get Resident Evil. It's cool. We're all friends here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I want to like it. It's annoying. I want to like it. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so me and Dill both still really enjoy it. Um, now, like I said at the beginning... This podcast was due to coincide with the release of the Resident Evil 3 remake, yeah. uh, which obviously came hot on the heels of the remake of Resident Evil 2. Um, obviously, in the intervening time period, since we all got locked down and I've got around to finally doing this podcast, I've actually played it and finished it. Mm. Um, which isn't a surprise if you believe the reports. Well, no, it's not a surprise. Now, I just praised the original for being not too long, um, the kind of game that you can have fun. It pushes you through the story, and 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 you know it's exciting, it's scary, it's it's great. I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more. I was really oh. hyped for the remake. Um, it's brilliant. It does all the things that the RE2 remake does, just like really, really quickly. It really did feel like there was no time to stop and breathe. Like if you imagine how much uh, you enjoyed visiting the bits of Raccoon City in the original Resident Evil 3 mm. uh, and how cool it was to see these bits of the town and, and the shops and all the rest of it. Um, and imagine that looking amazing and hyper-realistic, but then not really getting any to spend any time enjoying it because you're constantly charging from one point to another. Yeah. Um, and it, it really felt like it was over before it had begun. Yeah, um, that's all we're getting about it. Yeah. And I think with resident evil 2 remake people were talking about it for at least half a year after it was released weren't they like still Mm. saying how amazing it was how it's kind of the pinnacle of remakes and da 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 da. yeah no one's talking about resident evil 3 remake now it's gone like the whole kind of buzz about it has completely gone but by the the time this podcast comes out people will barely be remembering it like it's (laughs) It's really strange. I mean, I suppose, you know, if you're Capcom, you point at the original games and go, well, look, RE2 was a longer game. The story was slightly bigger and it took, you know, you've got your two characters. So what were you expecting? Um, but the, different, the difference, of course, is this ga- the remake doesn't have um, the branching paths. No, it doesn't have the yeah, decision. I've heard that, yeah. And also, Resident Evil 2 remake had a lot of out, outer Raccoon City bits in it. So you were running around like Kendo's shop and stuff and you were kind of going in. Yes, it, yeah, you are outside you more. You completely yeah. locked down to police department, sewers, 
mm. uh, research facility. It wasn't like that, was it? So with no. the with the remake, they did kind of expand Raccoon City already a little bit. So there wasn't that 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 thread to pull, was there? With um, with Resident Evil Three remake. So yeah, there's not. I mean, people like saying, yeah, oh, yeah, it's all right, but it's gone. It's gone. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it's funny because obviously, so I played through the original leading up to the release of the remake because we were getting ready for the podcast. Mm. Um, and I was, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I can't wait for the remake. Remake's going to be amazing. And then once I played through both, I actually thought, do you know what? I had more fun playing the original. And that mm. is an, that's the absolute truth. And I didn't expect that. Mm. Um, I'm very much someone who plays modern games these days. And I thought I would enjoy it more without the tank controls. And it would just feel more exciting. And, you know, obviously all new graphics. Um, but I know I had more fun playing the original. You know um, what? I haven't even played really the demo yet. You know, you, you know, I spoke to you on the day that I da- I downloaded it. Yeah, yeah. Haven't even played it yet. Not even wow. bothered. Not even I mean, bothered about playing it, it. It is um, you know, it is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's mm. a lot of fun. Um, it just didn't live up to the hype for me, which I was disappointed about. But I maybe got too excited about it. <laughs> um, but the original is still really, really good, and and people kind of sometimes do skip over it and say well it was it's only like a little side story um and they'll jump from two to co-veronica and then four and um but uh, yeah i feel like it it should get a bit more credit to be honest um and it does still stand up today which obviously isn't always the case with 20 year old games Um, (laughs) but i would recommend anyone to play it really um and if if the idea of all the inventory management and puzzles and things puts you off resident evil a little bit i would maybe go for this ahead of the first two as much as i love them do you reckon mm-hmm. Dil? yeah i'd say so i think that's a I think, I think if we had to force adrian or rob back into ps1 resident evils i think i think this would be the one i think three is the way to go um <laughs> I, I don't know I, actually rob yeah. have we have we persuaded you that this is worth looking at have we persuaded <laughs> Rob, that Resident Evil Three is worthy of his time. Uh maybe. <clears throat> like I do, kind of feel like this is a bit where it's a bit like when people kind of say, "Oh, you got to watch this program," and like it's amazing. I just think, yeah, it, it does sound good, but maybe not good enough for me to kind of go straight into. Actually, I do have a question. If you're not familiar with any of the Resident Evil games, do you play this or do you play the remake as a complete beginner? <sighs> Tough question. It depends what it depends what gender <sighs> you are, doesn't it? If you how, how about for me, Dylan, who who's someone who's never completed it, that is tempted to replay it again? Would you say to Adrian, would you say play the original or play the new one? I say play the original, bro. I say play I would the as well. Yeah, but if I said, but if it was like um, like a twenty-something mm. uh, who didn't never played tank controls in their life, then obviously I'd tell them to go and play the remake. The mm. Yeah, yeah. To, to answer Rob's question, I think I would get them to play the remake of Resident Evil 2 because yeah. that way you've got your modern controls, but you've got all the all the the blocks, building blocks of survival horror. You've got your limited infantry, you've got um, limited ammo and all the rest yeah. of it, but in a nice shiny new mm. coat of paint. So yeah, that would be my answer to that question. And there's much more to it than the Resident Evil 3 me- remake. So yeah, RE2 remake for newcomers, definitely. Um, okay, so before we go, I just wanted to ask the listeners, um, what Resident Evil game should we talk about next? 
Yes. Because it will, we'll, we'll leave it a while, but maybe not as long as we have. <laughs> not Maybe not four years. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure, uh, given half a chance, I would love to talk about any of them, really. Um, good or bad. So, yeah. Let us know. Tweet us. Like. Yeah, message us. Yeah. Tell us what we should be doing next. Yeah. <coughs> Resident Evil 4. <coughs> <laughs> Messenger pigeon, whatever. Just get, yeah. get it to us. Until next time, keep looking over your shoulder for Nemesis. Stars. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.